Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for this morning is from our epistle lesson just read to us from Hebrews 11, especially these two words, by faith. You may be seated. Well, I'm sure you all are very excited for this, that you have the privilege of being here for my final sermon in this beautiful sanctuary, in this lovely, very tall pulpit. I'm certainly excited to be here. And I've been with you guys for about a year now, so I'm about ready to admit something to you, and that is that I'm a bit of a nerd. For some of you, that might not be a huge revelation, and if not, then I apologize for letting you down. But basically, there's two big things that that I want to talk about related to that. It applies, I promise. And the first is that I love to play video games. I really do. I like to go home, plop down on the couch in my free time, and turn on the Xbox and just go brain dead for a little bit. It's a whole lot of fun. But the thing about a lot of video games is they have this picture, this icon, this marker on the screen, on a map somewhere that tells you exactly where you're supposed to go, exactly what you're supposed to do when you get there, and then when you get there, when you've done that thing, another one shows up, and then you get to go there and do that thing wherever it is. It tells you exactly where you need to be step by step all along the way. And speaking of step-by-step instructions, one of the other things that I really, really love to do is build Legos. In fact, if you've ever walked by my office or stepped into my office, then chances are pretty good that you've seen a few. I, I love to do it. It's a whole lot of fun. I'm going to ask for audience participation now. I'm sorry. But how many of you in your life have ever built something with Legos? That's about what I expected to see. So most of you know how this works. You get this nice little packet. They give you all of the pieces that you need. And then they give you this handy-dandy little step-by-step instruction guide all the way down the line that tells you what you're supposed to do next. It tells you what pieces you're supposed to use. It tells you where you're supposed to put them. And along the way, it doesn't really look like the picture on the box. But it starts to get really exciting when it does. When eventually you get to see that, oh yeah, this is actually something that looks like what I wanted it to. So where would we be without instructions and directions? We have these step-by-step lists and maps for all sorts of things in life. If you're going on a road trip, then chances are before you leave, you look up the directions so you at least have some idea of where you're going. If you're building a bookshelf from Ikea, chances are you're going to need the instructions to make sure you know which piece goes where, which screw goes into which hole. If you're making a new recipe, then you need, well, the recipe to know what you need, how to do it, what order to do it in. Heck, even our beloved Bronner's has a map so you know which Christmas decorations are in which section and where the bathrooms are and which exit you parked by. Without these instructions, directions, it'd certainly be a lot harder to navigate through life. It's really helpful to know what we're supposed to be doing, what the next step is. It's nice to, to see when things start to look like the picture on the box. And wouldn't it be awfully nice if there was some sort of instruction book, some step-by-step guide for life? No, not the game. 
but to always know exactly what you're supposed to do next, what the picture on your box looks like when you're done with it. There's this phrase that we use in our world every now and then, and that's taking a leap of faith. To take a leap of faith is to do something, to say something, to go somewhere when you don't know if that's the thing you're supposed to do, when you don't know if that's actually what comes next. Now, when I think of faith, there's one other word that usually comes to my mind, and maybe it does to yours as well, and that's the word trust. So when we act by faith, when we take a leap of faith, really what we're doing is we're trusting that somehow something is going to work out, even though we might not know what that something is. In our text for today, we see these great examples, these great stories of people walking out in faith. We started with this chapter, this Hebrews 11, this faith chapter, the heroes of faith, the faith hall of fame chapter last week with Pastor Kaiser's sermon. And these are just wonderful beautiful, inspiring stories of these people that didn't know what was going on. They didn't know what was coming next. They didn't know what the outcome of what their thing that they were doing would be. But they took a leap of faith and trusted in God that all was going to work out. And these are some of really the big names in the Bible. We got names like Abraham, Noah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, And you know, as much faith as they had, I'd be willing to bet that there were times where they really wished they had that step-by-step instruction manual for life, the thing that lets them know that this is what they're supposed to be doing, the thing that lets them know that this is part of the picture on the box. You just might not be able to see it right now. For example, Abraham was promised a son. A promise to be a great nation, really. And finally, in his old age, he got one. And then God commands Abraham to go and sacrifice his only son. So Abraham obeyed, acting out in faith, not really knowing what would happen, not knowing what God was going to do here, but trusting that God would fulfill his promise to make him a great nation. And we know that that worked out well. We see Moses, who had been raised as one of Pharaoh's own, living in luxury. He had authority. He had his every need provided for. And he ends up leaving the comfort of Pharaoh's palace and finds himself called to lead God's people out of Egypt. Moses takes quite a few leaps of faith, quite a few times where he had to take God at his word and trust that things were going to work out. He trusted that God would spare the lives of the firstborn of the Israelites the night of the Passover. He trusted that God would provide the Red Sea to open up for him so that they could flee the Egyptians pursuing them. He trusted by faith that God would provide them food in the desert when there was none. Now these two examples and so many more in this chapter are stories of great faith, great trust in God. These are people that didn't know what was coming next. They didn't have a road map, a step-by-step manual. They didn't really know at times, I'm sure, what was going on. But ultimately, they did know that God was on their side. Sure, they couldn't see the whole picture, the end product, the picture on the box, 
But they knew that God cared for his people, and God cared for them. And they also knew that as they stepped out, as they lived their lives by faith, that ultimately they were serving God to the best of their abilities. Now, I'm sure all of you at one point or another have struggled once with God's plan for your life, exactly what it is that God wants you to be doing. Maybe it's something as little as what college you should apply to, or something bigger like what school to send your kids to. Maybe it's a career choice, a career change, maybe something along the lines of a a big health concern. It's really one of the big struggles of being a Christian to, to ask God, what is your will for my life? What do you want me to do? There's been many times that I personally have struggled with this one big question, and I've told my wife quite a few times that I really, really wish God would just come down, stand next to me, and say, all right, Adam, here's what's next. Here's what you need to do, that he would give me that step-by-step Lego instruction manual for my life. Or maybe that God would write in the clouds, go here, do this, this is what I need from you. As I'm sure you've all experienced, God doesn't really do that. God doesn't act in that way, but these days God points us instead to his word, He uses our family, our friends, our co-workers to help guide us in the decisions we need to make. And oftentimes, the people that he uses don't even know that they're being used by God. And that's not how God worked in Bible times either. Sure, he might have spoken directly to Abraham, to Moses, to Noah to tell him to build an ark. Here's how you do it. He might have told Moses, go to Pharaoh, say these things, throw your staff on the ground and watch what happens. But they didn't know the outcome. God didn't tell them when this happens, exactly this is going to happen. This is how it's going to end. This is what the picture on my divine box looks like. I'm sure they had their questions. I'm sure they had to only trust God and serve him the best they could. And you know, I'd be willing to bet that the disciples felt that way way too at times. We all know the disciples really had a hard time seeing the whole picture sometimes. They didn't understand why Jesus did some of the things he did, why he said the things he said, why he went the places that he went. They didn't know really what the point was, especially that night in the garden. As far as they knew, all that they could see was their Lord, their master, their teacher being arrested, beaten, put on trial, and sentenced to death for, as far as they could tell, no good reason. What they couldn't see was the bigger picture of how necessity this atrocity really was, how through Jesus' death their sins were forgiven, and how through his resurrection they too would be given new life someday. And after his glorious resurrection, Jesus did give the disciples an instruction, but not a step-by-step guide. Jesus tasks his disciples with serving him, with spreading his message and all of his teachings to show everyone how much God loves his people. But Jesus didn't tell them exactly how. He didn't say specifically where to go. He didn't assign each of the disciples a different location. 
He didn't tell them which directions to take to get there, what words to say when they did. All he says is go. Go and teach all nations. Go and baptize in my name, in God's name. Go and trust me to take care of you. Now, you might be familiar with this popular acronym for the Bible, Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. The idea being, then, that the Bible is is our instruction book as Christians, our instruction manual on how to live as God's people, how to do what God wants us to do. And there is some truth to that. In the Bible, we do see some direction on how to live as Christian lives, but the Bible is so much more than an instruction manual. The Bible is the story of salvation, the story of God's gift to us, the story of Jesus' love for us. The story that Jesus commands us to go and share. And that command is ours today. God doesn't always make it exactly clear where we're supposed to go. There are times where God does ask us to take a leap of faith to trust in Him. Pastor Brandt once said that the question isn't where exactly does God want me to serve, as much as it really is where exactly can I best serve God. And this is a question that I've been, I personally have been struggling with for a few years now. Where can I best serve? For years I have prayed that God would give me that step-by-step Lego instruction manual in my life, but I think at this point it got lost in the mail. So if you've seen one, I would love to find it. But I've had these questions that have continued into my vicarage year, and I've prayed that my time here would help guide me to a decision, and And it certainly has. I finally come up with an answer to that question, and for the time being, at least, I am postponing my fourth year at seminary. Now, my time here and my training at seminary will certainly not be going to waste, however. It just won't be applied in the same way, because God has given me the great opportunity to serve at a Lutheran church in Grand Rapids to help lead His people in worship. For me, personally, this has been my big by-faith moment the last few years. For whatever questions you have in life, whatever times you can't see the picture on the box and you really wish you could, when you pray that life had that step-by-step guide, I pray that God would enable you to step out in faith, the faith that He gives to you. By faith, these men and women of old in Hebrews 11 stepped out, not knowing exactly what would happen, but knowing that God would walk with them all the way. See, God has asked us to go, to go and serve, to go and share, but He has more importantly promised to us that God is going to go with us. Just before He ascended into heaven, just before He disappeared from the disciples' sight, as far as they could tell, He was gone. Jesus promises, I am with you always to the end of the age. And since we know that Jesus is with us, Hebrews 12 tells us that we run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. As Christians, we can look to Christ to keep our eyes and our hearts focused on Him, no matter what might be going on around us. Now, my time here at St. Lawrence has been absolutely fantastic. I have loved to be able to get to know you, to get to know the church, the community. It's been a great place to spend a year. You have been such a blessing to both my life and 
to my wife, but now it's time for us to go. This is it. This is the end, as the Germans say, Auf Wiedersehen. I want to thank you all for helping to make this such a great year for the two of us. See, at the beginning of the sermon, I mentioned that it was your privilege to watch me preach in this pulpit one more time, but really it is my privilege to be able to preach to you one last time from this pulpit. You all have been so welcoming, so encouraging, so supporting to both of us, and I am honored to be able to call you all my brothers and sisters in Christ. And so as we go, we go out seeking to serve God in whatever ways possible, the best ways that we can. And I also pray that you, as St. Lawrence, would continue the great ministries and the great mission that God has called you to show others how beautiful it is to live with Jesus. I pray that wherever we go, as we go out by faith in Christ, that we would always remember the promises that he has given us. May we serve him to the best of our abilities, wherever those may be. And in those times when he does call us to take a leap of faith, that you would know the promises that he gives to you in his word. Now, I just realized a couple days ago that both my wife's and my confirmation verses have a very similar theme, a theme that is God's presence in our lives, that no matter where we go, what we do, that God is with us. So as I close, I'd like to leave you with these words from Psalm 139 and from Joshua 1. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. And so be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Amen.